0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Auburn has hired yet another former Arkansas State head coach after hiring and firing two former Arkansas State head coaches. Pipeline. Is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the loser of the game. Congrats to the team up north, and with me as always is AJ. Matt Rule is Husker Power. Mark Hazy. Oh, well,
1: I, I love the rule hire. We said it was the would be the best one for the for the memes, didn't we?
0: Having Matt Rule in the Big Ten makes me so happy. It, he fits. He fits Big Ten country. Welcome, Maddie. Welcome, Coach Rule. Oh, I, I, Just, he hasn't earned
1: Coach Rule for me yet, Rob. I'll say that. Uh, he has to win six games?
0: <laughs> six games to get into the Big Ten West, uh, win the Big Ten West. Today we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who snapped, dapped, and capped during week 13 of college football, the last regular season week. Let's hit Seven. 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 One. The home team,
1: let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together.
0: Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow, and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org, or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. So much funk was let out on Black Sunday, as several FBS programs relieved their head coaches of their duties. Um... I think the most surprising one was David Shaw, although not fired, resigned from uh, Stanford after, what, 11 years?
1: Uh, yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Um, do you think it was like getting pushed out at all, or do you think it's just... The,
0: the Athletic wrote an article, and apparently they talked to two high-up administrators prior to the BYU game asking if Shaw's job was in danger, and they said no. So... I don't know. It's been hinted at that he was planning to kind of resign. Yeah, I know the guys on Split Zone Duo kind of hinted at it the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm interested to see if he ever coaches, like, because we know how good he is on the uh, doing media for the NFL mm-hmm. draft. I wonder if he just kind of steps into a role. And I mean, he's a Stanford alum, coached there for so long. Can can we can you really see him getting back into head coaching? He's still only fifty, though. He, he seems older because he's been around for so long. Yeah, um, it's kind of similar to the Chris Peterson when he stepped yeah. down in Washington. Yeah, where it was just like he's still young enough that he could coach for ten more years. And I know his name's actually come up for the Stanford job, mm-hmm. but him both Shaw and Peterson kind of similar makeup to me in, in, in that they don't have that true like. This is by no means a, a slight. I actually view it as a positive. But neither of that like true football coach mentality. They're both like, yeah, uh, very forward thinking, well spoken guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. not, not sounds to, yeah. Not to say all, all football coaches are poorly spoken, but.
1: A bunch of meatheads is what you're calling the rest of the yeah. FBS coaches. Yeah.
0: I, I'm going to run through all, all the fired and hired and uh, uh, a couple um, names that have popped up. And, and you can you, – you stop me when you want to talk on something. How about that? All right. That sounds better. So Shaw resigns at Stanford. Some of the names up for the job are Ravens OC Greg Roman. Baltimore fans would be happy about that. Texans OC Pep Hamilton. Michigan OC Shrone Moore. And the aforementioned Chris Peterson. Willie Taggart's out at FAU after three years. Some of the names up for that are Florida A&M head coach Willie Simmons, Ole Miss OC Charlie Weiss Jr., and Florida State offensive coordinator Alex Atkins. The mighty Jake Spavital, done at Texas State. Sam Marcos needs a new man in charge. Some of the names are Wazoo OC Eric Morris, UNC OC Phil Longo, West Virginia OC Graham Harrell. Those all Um, seem like like too big for texas state but i i agree it's weird like texas state is a very underfunded program too uh i can't i think it's lake travis like they use lake travis's indoor facility (laughs) and and spavitals even said last year that their um their weight training center only has 10 power racks while the high school has 48 oh my god yeah yeah but Lake travis is a powerhouse so Uh, yeah it's true it's true Um, Phil Montgomery out at Tulsa, despite a 10-win year in year two. That was a while ago now. Uh, And that's Zayvon Collins' year. Some of the names up for this are Incarnate Word head coach G.J. Kinney, former quarterback. That's that's the one. Texas receivers coach Brendan Marion, former receiver there, and former Virginia Tech head coach Justin Fuente. (laughs) I didn't see that one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also... Marcus Arroyo out at UNLV and Tim Lester out at Western Michigan. Chris Vanini and Bruce Feldman haven't written uh, the articles on on who could be up for those gigs yet. So the Arroyo firing is like, what do they expect him to do? It was a bad hire at the first place. Like he's the guy who, I mean, Mario Cristobal as well. But Marcus Arroyo was the play caller yeah. when Justin Herbert was totally misused at Oregon for yeah. several years. Um, I don't know. I I, I feel like. UNLV to me is such a strange job because you're in Vegas. That should be marketable yeah. to some
1: extent. Definitely, there's Obviously, you know there's legit high school programs in Vegas, like
0: yeah, like Bishop Gorman. Exactly. Um, and, and I feel like it should be a program that really takes advantage of um, of the transfer portal. Yeah, but I don't know. That that's a that is a weird one, is it a, is it a sleeping giant a la Colorado or is it just really bad? Probably the latter, but it'd be fun if they're good. Western Michigan also Tim Lester being here, yeah, Western Michigan's turned out a a, a couple uh, quality head coaches in recent years. That's not a bad Mac job. No, it's a pretty good one. I know like they were, you know, a bit down this year, but. They lost some t- legit talent, Sky oh, yeah. included. yeah, exactly. Um, on the other side of it, a couple of hirings. Luke Fickle shockingly leaves Cincinnati for Wisconsin. Uh, some of the names up for the Cincinnati job are Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell, Wisconsin, D.C., Jim Leonard, Michigan, O.C., Sean Moore. Uh, Hugh Freeze leaves Liberty for Auburn. Some of the names up for the Liberty job are Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell, Indiana's Tom Allen, that's weird. and Arkansas's O.C. Kendall Bryles. Oh, God. Um, then Brent Key was retained by Georgia Tech after going 4-4 four and as four interim. And Coach Rule was hired at Nebraska. Cornhuskers are back. And Kenny Dillingham, hired by Arizona State, which I think sneaky, awesome hire. Um, Yeah, that's your guy. Go talk, talk about your Dilly guy. Well, one, Arizona State's a legit sleeping giant. Yeah. Because that state is had su- such a population boom over the last decade. Um, and mm-hmm. you're seeing more and more quality, not just recruits, but quarterbacks specifically come out of Arizona and leave the state, leave the spurn, the Pac-12. And so hiring a guy who, one, is from Phoenix, two, his alma mater's Arizona State, Three, he just had a successful season as the OC in the Pac-12. I think that's and, and four. He's thirty-two. Like I, I think this yeah. is a sweet hire for a long-term rebuild coming off the Herm Edwards fiasco. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, might have fallen for him during uh, his press conference. Uh, I, I quite liked what he was saying. He, I think, I think he gets it. I think he understands the marketing side, especially um, in the era of NIL and the transfer portal. So I, I think that's a that's a very good long-term move it might not pay off for three years but i like that one a lot
1: for fickle pretty surprising i mean when they first you know brought in jim leonard we talked about like like how poor would he have to be to not be the permanent head coach and i don't know if he was bad but like i guess when you can land luke fickle you can land him i think that's a pretty perfect fit um it feels like we've been just waiting for fickle to enter the big 10 for a few years now um, and then on the flip side, candidate, you didn't name. I, I think Cincy should go after Brian Hartline. Maybe too big of a step, Shh, but I think that's the one. Sh- sh- I think that's the perfect one. I don't think he's ready. Of course, you don't. Sheryl Moore's um, not
0: ready either. So, just also, can't. I think it, w- Wisconsin hires Jim Leonard if they can't get Luke Fickle. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But the the other thing is too Jim Leonard. Like, I don't think it'd be shocking if if Fickle wanted to retain Leonard as DC I don't think that would be the most shocking thing to see Jim Leonard take that gig at the same time I could see him going to the Packers who are still in need of a DC <laughs> yeah uh, and and I think that'd be a solid hire for Cincinnati which is funny if I, they just swap it'd be really but. fun if they just swap
1: I just think that Leonard can get a better job than that DC gig back there you know
0: uh, I do too I think that would be purely because he loves Wisconsin yeah I respect that. who doesn't though he who should doesn't? be the Packers DC though you're right uh, I do really like. Uh, I think Sherron Moore would be a really great hire for Cincinnati. He would, almost as good as Brian Hartline. Um, and boy, has the has the shine come off Matt <laughs> Um Yeah. What is up with that? Like being
1: like, is Cincy an upgrade over Iowa State?
0: I guess so. It, he's from Ohio. Yes, I played know. at Mount Union. Like that stuff makes sense. I do think it. It's easier to recruit Cincinnati too. Yeah. Especially with the move to the Big Twelve, um, yeah. Also, Auburn. It's, I don't even want to get into the Hugh Freeze thing. I think it's it's gross negligence to hire that man as a head football coach. Agreed. Given not only is NCAA infractions, but is is off the field garbage as well. Yeah, like he is. He is a. I don't know. That's just so Auburn of them, though. On the field, I don't even think he's that good of a coach. So I'll say that. Oh, again. he's very
1: overrated. Yep. I've never been a Liberty fan. straight. Even Did you the see
0: the la- Liberty's last game of, of the year? Embarrassed. Fans ch- chant and go to Auburn. Um, Liberty's also a weird job. I really hope Jimmy Chadwell doesn't take it. I love Jamie Chadwell. Yeah, that wouldn't. Would uh, Liberty's suck. a weird school. Very weird religious ties. Um, very. The, but worth noting, they're. Uh, Uh, their president is the guy who was president at Baylor when that stuff went down. So Uh, Uh, anyway, ugly Brent key doesn't, isn't a sexy hire for Georgia tech, but like if they're just trying to get to six and six every year, I think that's (laughs) fine. (laughs) And I mean, Hey, it's, it sounds like they, they missed on like they couldn't get Willie Fritz to leave Tulane. And this was the fallback. Willie Fritz would have been a great hire. Some people were reporting it was happening and then it, I'm I'm guessing Tulane just upped the ante. Tulane Tulane low key has uh, big donors. Oof, of course, the, the Bensons are donors, okay. aren't they? I'm a donor. <laughs> go green, go green wave. Okay, okay. Now we have to get through the Senior Bowl, East West Shrine Bowl <sighs> stuff. Then we're into the meat of the show. We'll we'll fly through the meat of the show. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. This that's is what a, we really want to talk coaches and. Uh, and um, the, the coaching and the Senior Bowl stuffs just purely because I love talking about it. I hate I hate the actual show. Let's do it. All right, Senior Bowl. Acceptances offense. Then we'll do defense. Cincinnati receiver Trey Tucker, South Alabama receiver Jalen Wayne, Cincinnati tight end Josh Wiley, Utah offensive tackle Braden Daniels, Ole Miss guard Nick Broker, Notre Dame center Jarrett Patterson. I just love naming a bunch of people in a row. That's why this show exists. <laughs> I think next year we should just save it until, like, the whole team is announced and we have you read the
1: whole thing off.
0: Oh, that's pretty. That would be pretty good for me. <laughs> good test of my will. Who do you like from that first bounce? Honestly,
1: <laughs> I was just listening to you name names. I wasn't even paying attention. Uh, um, my favorite is Utah for the Braden Daniels, I who I think favorite. is
0: a guy who could probably kick inside at the next level. Really athletic yeah. space player. I think perfect for his own running scheme. I think he hits the ground running. I think he'll he'll be a big time money maker um, at the senior Bowl. Pick, pick it. Who's my, guy? Who's my <laughs> guy? Josh Wiley's your guy. Yeah, Josh Wiley is my guy. Um, We've talked about him for a handful of few years. years. Guy who's going to
1: test well. I think so. Really,
0: yeah. t- really long. That's a.
1: I think that's just a great move for Wiley though. Like deep tight end class, good tight end class. Him getting to the senior ball, I think that means a lot for him.
0: Yeah, he's just like. Can, been Mister Consistent, yeah. Uh, during uh, the Bearcats' run and that huge I think he could season, never sleeper. Ne-
1: yeah, he can. Like as a move tight end, like that huge season
0: never really happened, but he's been really, really productive. Te- he's gonna test really well yeah, as well. Yes. Uh, defensive side: Georgia Tech defensive lineman Keon White, Central Michigan edge rusher Thomas Incomb, South Alabama corner Durrell Luter, Kansas State corner Julius Brent, Iowa corner Riley Moss, two-time Senior Bowl acceptancer. <laughs> Penn State safety, Jair Brown, and Iowa safety, Kevon Mayorweather. Interesting group. I, I think I think Jair Brown has had quietly yep. such a
1: great season, and I, he's a guy that could be a big riser I, at the safety spot.
0: I, I dug in a, a little bit on his All-22 tape today. Uh, I think he's – it's an interesting safety class, and I think he's going to be a guy we both really love, and I mm-hmm. think he's going to be a big riser at the senior bowl. A guy who's a good combo of physical, but – Super athletic. He was on the freaks list. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think if you watch Penn State
1: games, that shows up. Like, and I, I don't know. Like, even in their, you know, the uh, the Michigan and the, and the Ohio State game, I thought he had good games at both of those too. Like, yeah, that, I, I watched all, uh,
0: Ohio State all twenty-two today, and he looked great. There you go. Um, Riley Moss, another guy who's <laughs> yeah, b- big-time producer at Iowa, apparently going to test off the charts. Um, and it's just funny because yeah, he accepted. For the senior bowl last year, ended up using his COVID year to go back. Now he's back at the senior bowl. This is a big one for Jim. Now some East-West Shrine Bowl acceptances. Just a couple, just a couple. Uh Tulsa running back, Daneric Prince. Michigan tight end, Luke Schoenmacher. Grand Valley State offensive lineman, Quentin Barrow. San Jose State defensive lineman, Valami Fajoko. And Ball State corner, Nick Jones. It's so a good haul for a, for a Galco and company there. Um... Got to start
1: with my guy, Luke Schoomaker, baby, who's had a really, really productive season for Michigan, has been banged up the last few weeks. But just like that's like a guy that you're just going to take in you know, day three and he's going to stick
0: around for so long and just be a really solid blocking tight end that's not going to drop balls. And Deneric Prince, a guy we yeah. talked about in recent weeks, the Texas A&M transfer, who's been quite productive at Tulsa the last couple of years, has really blown up the last couple of weeks, I think is one of the most underrated running backs in this class and a guy who... Who could go in the the fourth fifth round and in provide some instant juice into a backfield yeah. with his uh, combo physicality and burst?
1: Yeah, he's gonna have a big week and Fajoco too. That's a good one. Can uh, open
0: some eyes big time. Yeah. All right, That's to that. Let's get into college football week thirteen superlatives, the final week of the regular season. Unless, sorry, sorry, Army Navy, Army Navy. Uh, Ooh, actually, Akron Akron in, Buffalo. and Akron Buffalo, Akron <laughs> Buffalo. I don't know why that game isn't being played right now.
1: I don't... Why I is, is it 1 Buff- o'clock on Friday?
0: But Buffalo played, like, two days ago, so, like, I kind of get it, but, like, at the same time. I still don't get 1 um, o'clock
1: Friday, but I love it.
0: It's, it's a sweet tea... Uh, yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't have it lead into the championship, but, hey. Yeah, that would... Yeah, right, like, a, like I played a halftime of the championship game. it <laughs> would be cool. All right, best freshman... I got a lot of bloodlines between my freshman and sophomore this week and I'm starting with Travis Etienne's brother Trevor yep. ran for a buck 29 to score against Florida State on Friday night for the Gators. Uh he looks like the real deal. I thought this was like the like we've watched Florida not too much but like
1: I think this was the and he's kind of like up and down and I thought this was the real the first game where I was like oh yeah this is this is the real deal. Like this is the big time flashes. I had that like a huge touchdown run to tie the game. Uh, yeah, this was the best game of the season for sure.
0: Yeah, but kind of more more stout yeah. than uh yep. Travis. A little a little more power behind the pads. I mean, not the same type of gliding running style, but yeah. yeah, but at the same time very, very fun runner. Hey, he still got he still got that top end too. And uh my other one I went with Oregon State running back Damian Martinez, who is also a rugged runner, ran, ran for a bucko three against the Ducks in a crazy Beavers comeback mm-hmm. in the Civil War, or game formerly known as the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been really good all year for them. They just run the hell out of the they, ball. They do. They do. That was a fun game. Uh, uh, yeah, he
1: was he was good. I'll throw one more. I, I thought it was a pretty short week for freshmen. Too many sophomores to name, though. But yep. I, starting with our first guy from the game, Colson Loveland. I've been talking about for a couple of weeks now. We talked ScooMaker He's been banged up. All's been, uh, you know, out for the year. Loveland's come in and stepped up pretty big for Michigan down the stretch. I, I've been really impressed with his blocking. And then you saw him uh, pop off for that 45-yard touchdown. So it looks like, you know, checks the athletic box enough. The hands are good. Uh, I told you, the top prospect out of
0: Idaho. Let's go. It's a made-up name. <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> are all the tight ends from Michigan named weird stuff? It's, it's true. It's true. Uh, okay, best sophomore. Caleb Williams had his Heisman moment. He did. You, you could you could name any kind of one of those insane plays where scrambled. he avoided the rush, yeah. avoided the rush, scrambled, neither ran or threw a dime to Jordan Addison down the sideline. It, it, that that game as a whole was his Heisman game. I, I think you could have argued that last week, too, um, in, in the win over UCLA. But then I I almost feel like more people were watching this one. Yeah. And because it's Notre Dame, it's USC, and just his ability to make the defense wrong when it should be right, because he can avoid the rush and stay so so calm and poised, while backpedaling the pass rush, making a throw off platforms, making plays out of structure nonstop. He's just such a cheat code. He's like I don't want to be like oh he's the next Patrick Mahomes, but it looks only a lot two- like him. The only two quarterbacks we've really seen with this innate ability to, like, at least in the last—since Fran Tarkenton, (laughs) are Patrick Mahomes and Caleb Williams. And I I think given—C.J. Stroud had a great year, and I just feel like it lacked kind of that big— that that's the Heisman winner type moment. Definitely. And especially not he didn't even play poorly in the game. No, he didn't. Um but he obviously didn't do enough to win and that's not on him, but I just I think Caleb Williams is the most important player to his team. His team is going to be in the playoff presumably if they beat Utah. Um, because of him and Lincoln Riley yep. and th- this USC team under Clay Helton last year was four and eight. And I know they brought in a ton of transfers and, and Caleb Williams chief among them, but like, I don't know. I don't think we've seen a guy transform a team that we Caleb Williams has, and he just looks transcendent is an overused word, but the playing style makes you think that with him as a quarterback prospect. And he has 44 touchdowns on the season. Now after four against Notre Dame, Completed eighty-one percent of his passes, made everything look so damn easy. The most insane plays, just I don't know. At no point do you, with Caleb Williams do you feel like it's going to go wrong. That's
1: so true, and I think that's like I know. Look, it's it's a little it's a little too easy to say, but eh, the only the only other quarterback that really feels like that is Patrick Mahomes and. You know, we've seen a lot of great, you know, athletic quarterbacks, scrambling quarterbacks, but like the way those two different, those two do it, it's just different. I, I, it's hard to put your finger exactly on it, but it's definitely like the poise. It's it's just that feeling like, oh, okay, once he breaks the pocket, or, or once he like is you know ten yards deep in the pocket, it, this is not going to go bad. It, it's going to come, you know, something fruitful is going to come out of this, and like even the both the way they both move, it's like they don't look that fast. I I mean, I know Caleb Williams is a really good athlete and he's better athlete than Mahomes, but they don't look that fast. It's just like everyone else just looks slow around them, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, definitely agree. That's his Heisman game. Uh, You can pick any of those moments. Um, It's going to be the first role pick next year. I know it's premature, but it'd be hard to see him. Not, he just feels like a perfect, you know what, what uh, you you talked last week about how many, like, you know, franchise quarterback, traits he has off the field as well it just feels too perfect for him not to be
0: and then I got I got three bloodlines uh, for best sophomore Marvin Harrison Jr. per usual yep. buck 20 and a score against Michigan, I thought he was the Buckeyes best player um, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. was Clemson's Hell best player in the loss to South Carolina yep. hit that pick 6 early uh, and then Moose Muhammad for yeah. Texas A&M yep. in their upset of LSU, he was the go-to playmaker Definitely, what a one-handed catch he made there um,
1: for the touchdown. Trotter was, I had Trotter on Harrison as well. Like Trotter was unreal. That was his first, like, I mean, it's not like he's been bad. He's been pretty impactful all year, but that was, like, his first, like, holy shit game. And, um, look, the, the top sophomore of the week, I don't care if if Williams wins the highest, it's Donovan Edwards, baby, with a damn cast on his arm. Uh, 216, like most of it coming in the second half. Two touchdowns. Uh, two long runs for the touchdown. Iced the game out of kind of out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think he was Michigan's best sophomore, but sure.
1: Yeah, all right. Sure.
0: Ro- I thought Rod Moore
1: had a Rod, hell of a game. Rod Moore
0: did have a hell of a game. He definitely Michigan, did. Michigan's secondary in general, but yeah, Rod Moore I thought was a big standard on that defense he for was. them. I'm going to name another Michigan
1: DB in a bit too. So.
0: Me too. Um, Weekday Warrior. Lots of weekday games this week with it being Thanksgiving and all. Um, I, I went with only running backs, and I went firstly with the Texas combo Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson, who were true Warriors, yeah. toting the Rock 42 times combined for 256 yards and four touchdowns against Baylor.
1: Totally agree. And I think the other running back to go to here is Tyje Spears, the two lane back.
0: No, I saved him for small school because it was the only small school guy, but. I, I put I, a maxing guy. I stay, I, the last match okay. I gotta go maxing. Tajay thirty-five carries. Yeah, man.
1: One eighty-one two touchdowns. Just that's a workhorse performance. That's he was just so efficient. I thought so effective. You know, every time they needed to move the chains to kind of you know close out the game, he pulled it off. Um, yeah, Spears has had such a great year. It feels like he's so underrated. Like even not not in a draft sense, but just in a college football sense.
0: Well, and in a draft sense, yeah,
1: I, you know, and in a draft sense, but we've been talking
0: about him, but yeah, no, I agreed. Yeah, he, um, he's kind of. I think that the the satellite back we're going to be loving. He, yeah. I mean, he's undersized, but he probably goes what in the fourth round, and then instantly makes finds a role in the NFL.
1: Yeah, day three for sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah, no, he definitely. will. Again, this is a good guy. This is a guy that a bunch of people are going to fall in love with uh, when they dig in.
0: Um, and another guy who's kind of a, a low-key guy who i don't know if he'll declare he's a redshirt sophomore but oregon transfer trey benson who had three touchdowns yeah. and 162 total yards for florida state and the one over florida um kind of a a taller uh a taller high like um high cut what high cut thank you uh one cut type of runner but he, he's – I mean, all these Florida State players are really fun, but yeah. he had a great game. And he he's, did. he's had a great year.
1: Yeah, I put him in the sophomore list. I just didn't get to him. But, yeah, technically draft eligible.
0: No, I had, I had a really, really good game for Florida State. Um, Hey, look, look at us. We're powering through this thing. I told you. Getting to best offensive and defensive prospect, I figured you'd probably go with just guys from the game because you're biased. I didn't. I didn't put – anyone from the game here well to me the real game was the iron bowl so i went with two alabama guys <laughs> i
1: have the alabama guy in defense but on offense it could have been brace young but i i ended up going to von shane the a am back because i thought just that 38k like this is old school football like but like 38 carries 215 two touchdowns like that type of bell cow performance in the in the upset win off lsu that's a top 10 team that's a potential playoff team rob so many of the 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 best college running backs for bell cows this week. Yeah, which is a, a lot of fun. And like, Shane's a guy that like, you know, he's never gonna have thirty carries in the NFL. I mean, even in even in you know an NFL that like now is kind of like the the running game's coming coming back in fashion. But um, that, that oh I don't know, man. That, that's a hell of a performance for for like I don't know if he's ever had this many carries in his career. Um, but like just yeah, no, the, he, uh, the way how physical
0: he ran, I thought was so impressive. I was going to say, like, obviously we all know him for the the track speed. But, yeah, it was the consistency in which he was breaking first contact. He had that one run down the sideline where he just refused to go down. It was like a third and three. And he carried five defenders, pick up 10 yards. So, the things like that. I don't know where, how much his lack of size is going to impact him in this class. Because, just based on pure talent, he's clearly, like, a top 50 player, I think. But... Just given that position and the so- the importance of size for longevity, I, I wonder how that falls with him.
1: Agree, and then but that's kind of why I think this performance is so impressive for 40, oh, almost forty carries, being so physical. I just feels like that's going to be one where like a scout who's pounding the table for him for all the the explosiveness he can do. Maybe gets that old school football coach on board. You know what I mean? Like it's like oh he can he can haul all the rock. I don't know. But yeah, what a game for Shane.
0: Yeah, I, so I obviously, I went with Bryce Young. We threw for 343, three scores, ran for another score in the Iron Bowl. It just felt like this was, yeah, he's the best quarterback in, in this draft class. He was hanging in that pocket, um, making every throw, exposing Auburn's secondary. Uh, he yep. had the, the, um, that sick throw to, I think it was uh, Ja'Cory J- Brooks. Uh, he had a couple big ones, Jermaine Burton. Um his ball placement and his poise, I think, just were on full display. And the arm talent, I think, is underrated with him. Um, yeah, just some of those it, throws
1: were really, really impressive. I agree.
0: Yeah, and just like, it was, it felt like, maybe this says more about Auburn uh, than Bryce, but um, it felt like more of... The Alabama offense was clicking as a whole in this game, and Bryce Young was that point guard operating the thing. Versus what we've had, we've seen him have to do earlier yeah. in bigger games this year, where it's like he has to put the entire team on his back because of the talent deficit on whether it be one game the receivers, the offensive line, the next, like the lack of talent there. It's been a lot of Bryce Young having to shoulder so much and not getting to just show he's a, got the makings of that. Franchise quarterback who can consistently win from the pocket, and it just felt like this was this was a lot more like his sophomore year, um, where he was just hanging in, making every throw, and just everything felt so easy. Like how it felt easy for Caleb Williams against Notre you know?
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I mean, we've talked about a lot about like the you know the lack of supporting cast this year, which is shocking to say at Bama, but like, and like like obviously he had he had a good playmakers around him last year, but it wasn't like this this you know. It, like imagine Bryce Young in the in the Mac Jones year, like th- with with those guys around him, like that would like this year's Bryce Young, like that would have been absolutely wild. And yeah, it almost feels like it's been a bit of a detractor for him. But um, no, I agree. This this it felt like Alabama's offense finally woke up, and that's why they're going to sneak into the playoffs.
0: Hey, th- this team could beat uh could beat Michigan probably. Yeah, haha. No, I they well, can't. So this team could beat LSU. I'll say it. They couldn't beat him earlier, but they can beat him now. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. Um, defensive Player of the Week, I give to Will Anderson. How are you? Yeah,
0: I'm so happy. Like, we, we haven't, honestly, I feel like, because Will Anderson is so good. We know you he's know. so good. We don't talk about him as much as if he if he had kind of come out of nowhere and had the season he had this exactly, year. Exactly, yeah. Um. So it feels right that we both land on Will Anderson as our defensive prospect last, of the week. Last game of In the, of the last year. Last... T- yeah. yeah. That's perfect. And. Yeah, he just like Auburn just didn't stand a chance against him. Uh 3 TFLs, 2 sacks, uh two more hurries. Yeah. Just he he was in his bag. Um the, the, the I I just he's such a ridiculous combo of explosiveness, power, and then the hand violence yeah. and the motor. And like obviously Alabama has used him more as a problem solver this year where they've lined him up And a variety of ways to kind of cover up issues in the front seven, Um, but when they just let him pin his ears back and go, he's unblockable. It's it's like Khalil Mack at Buffalo. Ask his ability to do (laughs) absolutely everything. Yeah. Um. And like there there was that there there was uh, one TFL in the fourth quarter, where like TFLs aren't as sexy as sacks, but. He just he uh, he was lined up on the edge and he he takes on the tight end one on one and just discards him, and uh, eats eats up the the ball carrier for the TFL and just things like that, where he's just consistently wrecking shit. And uh, I'm just glad we we got to talk about him one, one more time.
1: Yeah, for real. I know it's it like when I when I wrote down like that's kind of perfect. Um, the Will Anderson Jalen Carter for, for for top player in the class debate. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And like I I mean. I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. It's just they're both so damn special. I, I put I don't I put Carter Summer later as a cheat, um, but just yeah. I mean I, I'm really glad, like you said, it's just it feels like we just didn't talk about Will Anderson as much because maybe maybe like the stats weren't there. But like you know, if he had a sack or two, it's like okay, well Anderson was the best player on the field. But let's give a new guy, a, a, you know, a, the spot yeah. here, Clark Phillips, or like, like not to you know just naming guys. Um, and then, yeah, it feels like this was the crescendo week, and he really, uh, he really outdid himself. Um wonder if this was his last game at Bama. If so, a great way to go out.
0: Uh, well, it's worth noting that Boo Corrigan says it is not necessarily the case that Ohio State... Would stay ahead of Alabama this weekend, even though neither team is playing oh. on Saturday. Uh-oh. So you know what? Alabama could be back in the playoffs. So what the fuck does that even mean? Why would you put it? Don't, I don't, want to get don't worry this. about it. As a Buckeyes fan, I'm so happy about this. <laughs> don't don't put us in the playoff. Um all right. Shooting up the board. I feel like we have East Coast biased the hell out of Roma Dun- Dunzi. Yeah. The, the the Washington receiver who's been absolutely incredible this year, along with Michael Penix. Uh, Finished the Huskies regular season with over 1,000 yards, had like seven 100-yard games, went for 157 through the air in a score in the Apple Cup plus that five-yard touchdown run. They could not cover him. At 6'3", 200 pounds, his ability uh, to get to, to sink his hips, I, I think, was perfectly showcased on that uh, the stutter and go that that he took yeah. to the house for the touchdown, where he just he sinks his hips, stops on a dime, and then just explodes through the route. This this is a guy who I know he's a redshirt sophomore. If he declares, he in a wide receiver class, it's a little um, open still. Yeah, is let's open? say open. He he's a guy who could seriously be a top five receiver in this class. Yeah,
1: no, that's a good take. I mean, you watch him, and what doesn't he have? The size is there, the speed is there, uh, the production is there. Um, a lot more production than a lot of these other top receivers. I mean, yeah, you watch Odunze, and I, I like my only thing is like I'm not sure if he's going to come out, but mm-hmm. uh, if he doesn't, he definitely is in the top five wide receivers going to next year. And if he does, I think he's got the chance to be. I agree with you that. Uh, like everything is there for him to be a top fifty type of receiver. I, I don't I don't see why not. And I think you're right. I think it's just kind of no one's watching Huskies football like they should be, except if you're on the West Coast. And
0: uh, speaking of the West Coast, let's get out of there and let's get to the East Coast, <laughs> where I went with uh, I had to put down Michigan Center. Yeah. Olu Oluwatimi, who I feel like deserves so much credit for Michigan's offensive line being uh, somehow better this year than last year after winning the Joe Moore Award and yeah. leading them to the playoff. Um, I don't. You're obviously the Wolverines fan. I'll let you wax poetic about the Virginia transfer in the middle, but to me, he's been like the MVP of of this season outside of of uh, Blake Corham.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I th- we talk a lot about how like a center can be a stabilizing force if you draft the right one. And, you know, he comes in and then, you know, the rest of the group is okay, but he just really elevates your group. Um, and like you said, like, just this offensive line looks better than last year's, which is crazy to say. And I think that's what batimi has done, that, like, not not saying the rest of the group isn't solid and it wasn't going to be solid anyways. It's just I think he's just elevated them to a whole nother level. And, like... Like the, how much they use, like, you know, the pin-and-pull game and how instrumental he is in that and his ability, you know, to get outside and make those key blocks. But also just, like, his ability on the inside, too. Like, just straight up, like... Like, you know, the the block to spring the, the Edwards touched, uh I think it was the, the second Edwards touch or the first one. I can't remember. There's too many of them. Um, but, like, you know, just the key block there, like, just to get out, like, his movement ability. But, like, it feels like... I, I know, like, in the in the summer, it was like, oh, well, you know, Ola Tumi's really good to keep him moving really well. I don't know how powerful he is i think like there's no you know i think he's he's checked those boxes too he, he feels very very well rounded and i i think he's still i, I think Olbatimi is very appropriately rated college football-wise it's obviously won the remington last year and has got like, a good chance again this year oh, uh, he,
0: wasn't he just a finalist last year no it didn't he? linderbaum linderbaum i thought won it last year
1: was he just a finalist anyways when it, give it to him this year um it feels
0: like still draft-wise he's underrated yeah, I think so. It's last year. I think we had a pretty strong center class. Yeah, yeah. Rem, Remington with the Linderbaum last year. Okay, um, that makes. Well, speaking sorry. of the strong center class, uh, this year it's it's looking like a weaker center class. And he he seems like a guy. I I don't totally know where he'll be selected. I don't know either. But he has the makeup of a guy who totally either outplays where he's selected or instantly just is starting in the NFL. Yeah, like like. Yeah, like if Fortner can go top 100, and I like Fortner a lot, he had a great game on Sunday.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did. And uh, no, I like Fortner a lot, but like I don't see a reason why um, Olutimi would. And like I was gonna mention this later, but I have more there. Uh, John Michael Schmitz, the the other uh, another Big Ten center, uh, Minnesota center, who I think is good. I haven't dug in in on too much, but I saw him go 16th in a mock.
0: Yeah, that's and, insane. Like he's uh, he's. He's in that Fortner range to me. I Big totally agree. Physical, yeah. power. He's a different player than Olutimi. No, I'm not.
1: I'm not trying to knock down exactly. They're different players. I'm not trying to knock him down, but it's just weird to see a guy like him. And, and it's just one random mock, but it's weird to see him get put in the in a 16th overall pick. And I haven't seen Ola team in a single mock.
0: Agree. You know I mean, I'm not um, saying he should be a
1: first round pick. I'm just saying, keeping the
0: conversation going. I thought Isaiah Foskey played a really nice game against he USC, did. despite the loss. And he did. if if it was against a quarterback who wasn't nearly as mobile as Caleb Williams, I think he he puts up an even better day. And he still had two and a half TFLs and a sack and a half.
1: Yeah, and he had the awesome uh, fumble uh, chasing down the ball. Did it got overturned that day? I? I can't remember. Um, I was still I so high from the game. Rob, uh, the rest of the college football slate just just blew by me. Um, yeah, Foskey, I wouldn't say he needed that game because he's he's had a really solid year. But like that felt like the game that like. I don't know, reignites the love for a lot of
0: people. Yeah. Like like again, speaking speaking to just the brilliance of Caleb Williams, like there was multiple yeah. times and this is this is not the fault Fosky. Like Fosky was getting so much pressure. Yeah. And Caleb Williams just get away. And like Fosky was the only guy in that Notre Dame front getting the pressure. Yep. And Caleb Williams would just make a miss and that that I think again it gets a, a lesser quarterback he ends up with several sacks definitely and like staying at Notre Dame uh
1: not not too similarly but Michael Meyer has always you know been a the top tight end prospect in this in this draft and a top you know first round pick but I thought he had like this was his you know just a big performance eight catches 98 yards two touchdowns um not not that he needed it either but it's all it's another like like Foskey just like it's like hey I'm still really damn good and we're both gonna be first round picks you know like um Never. Hey, Drew Pine played pretty pretty well actually, and, and but Meyer felt like he was helping him out a lot and like
0: lots of contested catches. used that big frame. Yeah. I, well, I think both both speaking of both Meyer and Foskey in this game, they both use their frames and their hands so yeah. well. Yeah, like Foskey was doing such a good job working off blocks. Yeah. just with violent hands. Meyer was doing a great job winning contested catches with his strong hands, and. Uh, I mean, th- those two guys are top 50 talents and yep. just happen to be on a team that kind of lacked a lot around them. But I thought it, it almost made it more impressive that they balled out this way in Agreed. a game where, without them, I think Notre Dame just gets walked off.
1: Yeah, they they lose by the three more scores without both of these guys. I totally agree.
0: Um. Going back to the running back position, just quickly, I thought Deuce Vaughn had a really, really great game against Kansas. He did such a big play pl- threat. Um, a couple really splashy runs where he just he's so fluid in space, both as a pass catcher and a runner. But he also brings some underrated contact balance and and um, physicality for a five six runner. Man, this
1: there's so many good running backs in this class, and it's so many like, you know, pick your flavor type of backs. I, I love Deuce Vaughn. Um, he went off again. It's gonna be fun to see what he does against TCU this week. Um, in the championship game. Yeah, he's so much fun. I was gonna name also. Not, you know, not to the same extent type of little satellite back, but Kenny McIntosh had another really good game for Georgia. Yep. Um, had, a, had a really big catch out of, the, out of a wheel out of the backfield, which is, you know, his bread and butter there. But, like, just made an awesome adjustment on the ball. And then, like, kept his feet going and had a big run after the catch and got them down to the goal line, and then he punches it in. He's a guy that, like, it feels like he's going to be – I don't know, man. Like, this, this running back group is so deep, and there's so many guys, and, like, you're going to find – like, you know – one of these type of dudes that's gonna to fall to maybe out of even the fourth round that don't that shouldn't be out of the fourth round that are gonna come in and be instant impact running backs. I think you're gonna see a lot of those type of guys.
0: Agreed, agreed. Um, going with a couple defensive players now. Um, Missouri edge rusher Isaiah McGuire was really good in the win over Arkansas. They got got uh, the Tigers bowl eligible. I I really like him. He's just a great combo of power in violent hands. He had a chop rip for a sack early in that game that that I thought was really impressive. And he's quietly a really strong season. I think I mean, a guy who's going to be at the Senior Bowl, I think he's going to be a, um, a guy who gets a lot of love as, as we get deeper into this thing. Um, I also put three, three DBs. Mississippi State corner Emmanuel Forbes, mm-hmm. who was eating up everything in front of him in the Egg Bowl. He's a really just... When he sees it, he goes. Whether it be attacking... Screens downhill or, or jumping yeah. routes for picks. He set the NCAA record for pick sixes. Uh, That's kind of not 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 in this game, but just did that <laughs> this year. Yeah, I think it's six. Um, and I also put Christian Gonzalez, who Oregon State couldn't throw the ball, but when they did, he had a wicked interception. Yeah. Um, and then a guy I liked over the summer, who I think is going to be another quiet riser, Tanner Ingle, the NC State DB who plays nickel, plays safety. He was a force uh, against the run in this game against North Carolina um, and it just felt like he was making every every run stop around the line of scrimmage and then late in the game when when uh, North Carolina needed uh, needed points the, the game was tied um, he he intercepted that Drake made tip ball and it was just a really impressive interception
1: it's state defense showed up for a big time this week Um Speaking of uh, the great state of North Carolina, I'm going to go to the South Carolina. I thought Zach Pickens showed up against uh, Clemson. Had that had the big sack that um, we tweeted on the 7 Rounds in Heaven account on Twitter. Wow, we have so many followers now. Uh, just discarding the card. Uh, walked, uh, you know, just easy. I thought like he's had, like you know, like there's a lot of hype for him in the summer, and he hasn't had like a big-time year, but it's still just how big and fucking freaky he is is going to get him drafted. Speaking of big and freaky, on the flip side, Juice Wells, baby! What another, uh, what a game again! Nine catches, one thirty-one, two touchdowns. Uh, his his emergence in the last two weeks has been huge, and uh, he's he's helped himself more than any other receiver. Maybe not named Roman with Dunsey the last couple weeks of the of the college football season.
0: Yeah, he's uh like clockwork. I just put him for, as my transfer he pops on the scene. Yeah, he's he's, he's great. always popping on the scene. Yeah, <laughs> he's got If I can name one more player.
1: I'm I'm a fan of Savion Williams, the other the other uh TCU receiver, and I never see love for him. And it, like he, he you know, five catches for 48 yards and a touchdown. Not a monster game or anything, but like I don't think he's some special dude, but like that big body guy, he's always he winning 50/50. He's huge. He's always winning 50/50 50, 50 balls. Uh and like, you know, you know, mid-late day 3, you're going to, you know, if you need one of those guys, I like him. I like
0: Savion he's, Williams. He's he so They've already got, obviously, Quentin Johnson, maybe receiver one. Darius yeah. Davis going to uh, going to the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Tay Barber's just been, like, their most consistent receiver for five years. Um, I hope Savion Williams goes back for his senior year at TCU yeah. and just gets to kind of take that leap and be that guy because he's he really can. been their fourth receiver, yeah. but he's such an impact fourth receiver, it feels Big like.
1: Big time. It feels like every game he's making, like, such a huge catch to, like, because every game they've been in is is been you know they got to save their ass at the end or or close to the end and it feels like he's like always the one that kind of spurs that like yeah I think he's been great. Uh, want to get to sliding down now? Shoot, go for it. How many how many Buckeyes you got here?
0: None. I thought I thought they put perfect game. The refs robbed them. <laughs> uh, the yeah. long snapper messing up the fake pump robbed them. Yeah, that's um, it. He's sliding. Down. I, ha- I had to go back to Zach Evans. Just no showing in the egg bowl. Yeah, uh, his role just has diminished. I know he's been banged up, and it's probably good in the long term <laughs> that he has less carries. But I am interested to kind of see where his uh, his stock falls. Like we just said, there's so many running backs. So mm-hmm. I think like, again, in the long
1: run, as an NFL player, maybe not first contract, which hurts as a running back. But I think I think I think it's it's gonna help him. But this year, she, going into the class she, with all these backs,
0: it's, it's gonna, I think it's gonna hurt. He is obviously one of the most physically talented guys. And he's had, like, he ran for 200 yards the week before in the loss to Arkansas. Yeah. And then, it, it, but between that was the Alabama game and this game. It's just been so inconsistent, kind of. And I'm just interested to see where everything uh, end, ends up with him. And just, obviously, Quinshon Junkins emerging as this yeah. complete Nick Chubb-esque force impacted Zach Evans, but Zach Evans still almost, like, he ran for 899 yards, and just ha- having no impact in the Egg Bowl was a little shocking to me after yeah. having no impact against Alabama.
1: I think you're going to have, you know, scouts come through and be like, well, you left TCU, and they're, in the, they're making the playoffs, and then, you know, you're getting showed up by a freshman. What happened? There? Like, there's going to be a lot of those, just, like, dumb questions, you know? And the
0: uh, and, uh, originally committed to Georgia, and they yeah. released him from signing, and, yeah, yeah it'll be interesting for sure. Speaking of Buckeyes, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple. The, the Buckeyes secondary, I knew the corners were bad. We all knew the yeah. corners were bad. Denzel Burke has had a really not good sophomore season after a great freshman year. Lathan Ransom and Ronnie Hickman really struggled, specifically Ransom, after that big game against yeah. Maryland. They were just getting torched. Uh, Jim Knowles just kept them in, in, in man coverage. They are just the getting torched. J.J. McCarthy was... It felt like he hit every big throw down field. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that was so that was tough to watch for me. Um. And I, I thought Cade Stover really, in a game they really needed him to be the tough guy because, if let's let's be real, Ohio State's more of the finesse team. Michigan's obviously oh, the tough team. Love Cade's, to hear that. Cade Stover was like kind of the tough guy for the Buckeyes all year with his his ability yeah. uh, uh, as a run blocker and to make plays after the catch as a big body tight end. Uh, just was not able to break anything after the catch. Wasn't doing his like. Wasn't as impactful as a blocker blockers. I would have hoped, and he, and he had two drops. Yeah, I'll mention
1: him in my out of nowhere prospect in a minute. There. Um, yeah, agreed with you. Um, I, I'm gonna I, prospect first prospect matchup. I put the the trench place. So we can we can talk Same, about that me more too, later. Me too. Yeah, of course, of course, it's gonna be. Come on. Um, so I, <laughs> I I know we've talked about him a lot, but. The season's done. I just kind of wanted to put a bow on it. Keyshawn Booty just just never had that impressive game. Like, and I know early seasons like LSU's a mess. You know the offense is bad. Blah, blah blah. They got they were a fifth. Like this team wasn't that bad. Like he just didn't put it together. And I don't know. Like he he had one game over fifty two yards receiving. Uh, had one touchdown all year. Just for a guy that like so many people are like, yeah, this is the next dude and it's going to be a top fifteen pick. It's 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 like it's gotten
0: so disappointing that we barely even mention him anymore. Agreed. Um, um, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna go. I was gonna jump to the Apple Cup if you don't mind. Oh, so I, I thought everyone's sliding up the board in the Apple Cup to me, but. Oh, Dayon De- Henley just had such a quiet game. Other than uh, that forced fumble, yeah, he did. I I put him here too. I like. I don't know. I'm not in on him. I know you're not, I like him. I, I when when he accepted the what was it, the Senior Bowl invite. Yeah. Uh, I I went in I, I like him a lot as a run defender. This was not a game that I, I think highlighted what he does well. Yeah. Uh because Washington was just throwing it all over the yard. But yeah, it just it felt uh I started the fourth fumble and I forgot he caught the thirty six yard uh, fake oh, punt. Oh yeah, the fake punt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm in um, I'm in on him. Yeah. But no, to, like to to me when I say I like, like I I do think he's he's a really interesting story. So I think that's like yeah. led to more media hype. But no, he's like he he's a, a day three. Oh, okay, that's fine. Well, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. But like, people were like, there was a point in the season
1: where he's late first round, and now I think like people still kind of like day two-y. don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Go ahead, he, he's
0: he's a really like really good physical run run uh, attacking linebacker. But he's also lacks some size and yeah. um, struggles in space. And I think you saw that in this game. Yeah, I think that's just hard
1: to, for me to get behind a, you know, a good run defending linebacker that's not very big and doesn't play in space for like that's just it's hard for that to translate. Um, a guy who who I thought you know should translate big time, and it's not like he's been particularly bad. I just felt like uh, Gervon Dexter has not stepped up his game. He, he went from having like, what, the first. Utah, I think it was, where he was just a monster.
0: Yeah. And and then even after that, he had a another game earlier in the year to where he he has disappeared a ton. Yeah. I, th- I feel like he, exactly. Disappeared is a good word. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah it was like, it, it was Utah and then it was Kentucky. Right. Yeah. And, and Kentucky then, like, kind of s- him. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, that's a good it.
1: One. I haven't seen him. Like, it's just, he had a CFL uh, against Florida State, but Florida State notoriously bad off the line, even though this one's not bad, but. You just you just expect him to, you know, to show up and like we talked about. Benson had a really good game off the middle. They ran the ball well. At the very least, if he's not pushing the pocket, um, just you know, clog those middles with his big boy frame. Um, and like the, the other Florida State, um, not the other Florida D lineman is just a massive man too. <laughs> I forget his name. I love him though. But those two in the middle, come on, there should be no running game. But anyways, Dexter is still so fascinating, but. You know, at one point in the season, we're like early in the season, we thought like this could be a top fifteen pick. He's mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. maybe just behind Jalen Carter. Like that's that's you know big words, but now it's like, well, you know maybe is he is he even a second round pick? And, and should he go back to school? And should he go back to school? Yeah. So that's just
0: a disappointing year. I feel similarly. Um, not maybe on the overall season of Colby Wooden with Auburn. Yeah, but just every you uh, know Auburn's bad as a whole. Every Auburn, it's just kind of quieter than I'm, I'm hoping from him. Mm-hmm. He, he had a very productive year, but, uh, like, against Alabama, they they were just... I talked about Bryce Young kind of just sitting back in the pocket and picking apart the Auburn secondary. Like, they were not getting to him. Yeah. And they ran the ball pretty well. Like, it was the classic Jameer Gibbs, really patient behind the line of scrimmage, setting up his blocks, getting north-south in a hurry, picking up seven yards of pop type thing. Um, And, yeah, I... I I think like Derek Hall was a little more impactful, but yeah, I thought Kobe wouldn't have been a very quiet game.
1: Yeah, I think Hall had a couple couple reps where they, you know, popped but didn't get home or anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I agree with you there. Um, that's it for me. Do you, do you got anyone else? Who are all yours again? I, ju- I really just had Dexter, Booty, Henley. Um, yeah, no, that's really it. Dexter, who? Booty.
0: Keyshaven. Oh right. Duh. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> he's he's right. so nothing that yeah, exactly. Um sorry, I, I put down Brian Brzee. I thought he had a very quiet game against South Carolina. Yeah. Um uh I mean, maybe a little more of a deep cut. Arquan Bush was getting cooked against Tulane.
1: <laughs> that's a, that's a deep cut,
0: but that's a good one. That's a good one. He well, he's a guy who is like this could be the best G5 corner yeah. and like Cincinnati's been producing guys and like I like I think Arquan Bush is an NFL corner, but yeah, he was. I thought he was really struggling against Tulane. It's a good one. Um, and Josh Downs, very quiet game against NC State. Not all his fault, but um, kind of uh, sh- struggling to to make things happen after the catch had a drop. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, like it's. I feel like sometimes
1: it's tough to put it on a receiver when the whole team is sh- struggling. But yeah, no, I. Yeah. Yeah, Downs is. It's going to be. I mean, I, I think we're both huge fans of his. But yeah. yeah. Um. Anyone else? No, that's everyone I got. If you okay. want to get to out of nowhere, yeah, out of nowhere prospect, a guy I've kind of been wanting to mention all year, and and I think this is the game to do it. Uh, Mike Sandershill from Michigan, um, like you mentioned on Stover, he was the one to what? A, what a play, knocking that ball out of Stover's hands, like full extension in the end zone. That was amazing play, and he's had a really good year. And if he looks like a real nickel prospect, like not early, but. He looks he looks like he can play and if, if you know if people don't know, he was a wide receiver his whole way up until converting this offseason and seven tackles, a couple PBUs, has been an impact player on the Michigan secondary and he showed up showed up in the game.
0: You know, also was a receiver all the way up to their, their senior year? Who, Rob? Sam Shields. And he moved to D B and played in the <laughs> NFL. I don't there, know why I pulled go. that, but that's what I got for you. Um, <laughs> that's yeah, that was my comp. I put I put Mike S and I put Cornelius Johnson on the offensive side for Michigan. You know, Corn- Cornelius Johnson's career has been this yeah. guy's going to be a, a talented go-to receiver, and it's just been so inconsistent. Yeah, like every once in a while, he has a game where you're like, yeah, he's six-three with ridiculously fluid athleticism. Yeah, and then this was like the ultimate Cornelius Johnson game. Uh, four catches, 160 yards, two touchdowns, and just toasting everyone. I put him for made me look stupid. I think it was a couple. I think a couple times, yeah, like it was. overrated,
1: yep. um, or, or just sliding down the board, drops, not showing up. You were just trying to put a chip on his shoulder. I anyway. put I, it worked. It worked, but yeah, that fucking um, that post corner was just nasty. Like yeah. honestly, I figured it was just me, like you know, watching it I was like, okay, Ohio State fucked up coverage, bus. but it was just a a disgusting route that he put on. I'm like, holy fuck. This yep. is what he was supposed to look like, um, and he saved it. He saved it for the biggest game. So
0: hopefully he can keep it going. For makes me look stupid. I went with um, Stanford transfer to USC Austin Jones, who I didn't love at yeah. Stanford, and obviously we, we've talked about it numerous times this year before Travis Dye got hurt. That like when they they were in a tough spot, they could really lean on Travis Dye. Yep. And I was very concerned when Dye went out for the season that they they wouldn't really have much of a running game. Um, The last two weeks in their two biggest games of the year, Austin Jones has been incredible. And they really, like, they really just pounded the hell out of him. And he ran, like, he's 5'10", 201. He was running fucking behind his pads, like an old school thumper. I I don't know. I I thought that was a, a hell of a performance after... Running for a buck like eleven against UCLA. I put him for transfer. One of my transfers of the week.
1: I, I'm right there with you. though. wasn't. I thought he was pretty jaggy at Stanford, and I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. Bind die, like you just said. Die goes down. And he stepped up huge and ran his ass off. I, like I feel like this is the type of performance that you know gets him a look as you know, a, a, you know, maybe like a third down. Not sorry, not third down, but like a third string back. Mix it up type of mm-hmm. back. Um, no, that was a big time performance. I am right there with you.
0: And then, obviously, best prospect versus prospect matchup. We go with the trenches of, of both the game. Sides.
1: Both sides of the game. Um, I thought the, the offensive line kicked ass on both sides. Um, starting with Michigan, because uh, I don't know if you know, but they won. Um, we talked about Olu. He was he was a monster. The whole offensive Ryan, line. Ryan Hayes had a heck of a game. That yeah. guy made me look stupid, too. <laughs> Hayes was great. And, like, on the flip side, I, like, I didn't even think Zach Harrison was that bad. Like, he had those two PBU. He was solid. The knockdowns. Had a TFL. I thought he was solid. I thought... I mean, not just the transfer, really, but Eichenberg. I thought he was, he was pretty good. I had a couple like really nice open field tackles. I you mean
0: be, sorry, two two thumb Tommy. Two thumb
1: Tommy. Yeah, Tommy two thumbs. Um, <laughs> two, he wasn't bad either. But just honestly, I Michigan's been a second half team, but I was still shocked at how ineffective they were in the first half running the ball, and then all of a sudden it just it just switched, and um, it felt like Edwards was hesitating in the first half though too. You know, with the with the wrist. Yeah. Anyways, it just flipped, and that offensive line really just showed up, just showed up huge. And on the on the other side of the ball, uh, I thought Paris Johnson was awesome. Yep. Um, he he just shut down whatever Michigan threw at them. And Mike Morris was clearly not healthy and didn't play the whole game, but the whole rotation he shut down. Um, I thought Dewan Jones was just like solid. Um, had a couple penalties, not definitely not bad in any in any nope. regard.
0: Um, interior was okay. White players okay. Yeah, yeah. The the the, the guards. Aritha, Matthew Jones, too. Yeah. A, the interior line, meh. I thought yeah. Junior Colson had a nice game for Michigan. Junior Colson did have a really nice game, yeah. Um,
1: no, they totally did. And, yeah, it's just I, the, both sides offensive the line showed up big time. And um, just one, like, I don't know, just I think Ohio State going away. Chip Trainum is by the way, should be the transfer of the week. <laughs> but Why has he not been playing running back all year? I don't know. I was a huge Chip Trainum fan. Do you remember, like, multiple times as a sophomore I had him. Um, and then I was up. He was supposed to come to Michigan originally, if I remember correctly, and then Ohio State end up with him. And then they've been playing at linebacker. And then I don't. It was like they saved. It's like this is our physical back. We're saving him for the game, and it was working. It was working. And then they just stopped giving it to him. Um,
0: like he, he, like he really hasn't played very much defense no, this year. So no. it's just weird. Like I don't know if that's a, like he wants to play linebacker, and that's the thing. But man, he was an effective physical pounder i don't get it because i feel like he's got a future as a guy that can mix it up a bit as a running back i know because he's actually he's like as a linebacker he's 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 kind of short and yeah stocky like i don't know like like not an nfl type of backer but yeah it's weird i love I, we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens after this like obviously he's gonna be back in columbus next year and mine williams may be gone and mm-hmm. they may need him but uh, you can, i
1: think he, you're filling that mine williams role really nicely
0: or will he take Tommy Eckenberg's job? <laughs> One or the other. I mean, Steel Chambers is a former line, that, uh, running back turn linebacker That's a good
1: point. Good point. They both got the elite names, so.
0: Amen. That's what um, it Prospect who outplayed the box score. Uh, I, I Maybe this is a little funny, but I went with Anthony Richardson. Who. Ah, that's You know what? That's a good one. Cause I wanted to put Richardson somewhere, but I couldn't find yeah. anyone. That's a good one. So, like, when you look at it, 9 for 27. <laughs> yeah. 198 yards, three touchdowns, a pick, and 41 rushing yards. It's just like 9 for 27. But it's the, the, the throws he does hit. Woof, holy smokes. Those three touchdowns. And, like, the receivers were not terrible. Little, I thought R- Ricky Persall pretty good. Yeah. Uh sorry Ricky Persall, who I actually put for transfer, who popped. Um, they got nothing. There's so many uh, drops. He, he was he 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 was he could like have at least been 14 of 27. That's yeah, yeah. Um, just some of the the freaking throws he's making are just. Yeah. He, he's like one of five guys in the country who can make those throws. Like the the amount he can put on a football. Like that arm is freaky. Obviously the athleticism is freaky. Someone is I think going to to bet on this right? Like if he declares, I don't know if he will. I don't know if he should, but man, that was it was fun to watch. And then, like the whole time I was watching, because it was Friday, Black Friday, yeah. Thanksgiving, and like it's Florida versus Florida State, and it was just really fun to watch the discourse on him. He is, he is a ton of. Fun.
1: I can't, I can't shake him. I can't shake him because every time I'm like, oh, I'm out on this guy. He does something, uh does something awesome. I know. And now I, I, am gonna mention him in a second for overhyped in a in a in a whole thing here, Rob. Don't worry. Um, so we can talk about that in a minute. Um, but my my o play the boss score. I cheated. I cheated. It was Jalen Carter. Um, but I think like every week we could just alternate. Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, probably for, for for you know. I know we have it for defensive prospects. We put a lot of new guys, but for for o play the boss score. Um, had a, had a TFL and a half, but three tackles. I I thought like until late into, later into the game, Georgia didn't look good, and that was mainly the offense, but. Uh, George Tech with the ball a little bit, and then and then UGA, which like like more than they should, you know, like it's <laughs> more than they should. But uh, I thought you know the one guy that's you know is always Jalen Carter, is Jalen Carter, like he's just disruptive as fuck constantly. And again, mentioned earlier, just seeing who's going to end up being the top dude in this class is going to be so much fun. And I again, I don't think you're, you're gonna you're gonna be like I, I don't think anyone should be able to like oh arguing back and forth just. Pick one or the other, and I think you can't go wrong. I agree with you. It's it's gonna be
0: fun, and um, I think
1: just it's gonna be fun to see who goes above who because I think they're gonna be two and three or three and four or you know two of the top four
0: picks for sure. So, um, going to overhyped. I went with Noah Sewell, who I thought was very meh against Oregon State yep. as Oregon State ran the hell out of the ball. And then I, I I was looking at a mock draft from uh, that's the one draft, I mentioned. Wait, the DraftWire one that you sent me?
1: Yeah, this that was going to be my whole overhyped. Yes, go ahead. And they had him like thirteenth overall or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. So my whole overhyped is it's DraftWire. I got a writer I like a lot, but he he had the quarterbacks. He had Will Levis fifth overall to Carolina. Okay, realistic. He had AR fifteen. Our guy Anthony Richardson fourteenth to Andy. Um, again you said maybe someone bets on him so whatever but then he had mike penix to atlanta who had a fantastic year hooker to 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 washington at 20 maybe realistic i don't know and then Bo Nix. it's just like to, to the jets 22 like i don't know I, I feel like we've we've moved past this oh you know there's gonna be 30 quarterbacks in the first round talk from the summer and now we're like we're, we're coming back to this i know it was just one mock draft but he, again he, he had sewell up there too i don't know. I don't know, like I. But I think the more interesting conversation, like we just left, do, do you think if if Anthony Richardson declares, do you think there's any chance he goes in the first round still? Yes. What would you put the percentage at? Like, if
0: if Tanner McKee's people, <laughs> yeah, he, d- you know, he didn't have Tanner McKee either. But you know. I thought I thought that was funny. And like I I I don't know what I put the percentage at, but like I don't know, twenty
1: five percent. Probably, how about how about any of the panics hooker bonex? Straight up, I would take Anthony Richardson in the first round over Will Levis. I think. Okay, I don't want to get too deep because there's, we got a lot of Levis stands listening. I don't see the difference between the two players, like. If you're gonna I do say want, one of them's younger, more athletic, yeah, and has there, bigger arms, there you go. I know exactly, and <laughs> it's not Will Levis. Save it, um, save it. We got way more yeah, quarterback discourse to, to get I'm sorry, to I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're right. Let's you're get right. through this show. You're right. You're right.
0: Transfers who popped on the scene. I put Ricky Persol, uh Arizona State transfer, and Antoine Juice Wells, the James
1: Oh, God. I love Juice Wells, baby. Yeah, I put Austin Jones going to USC from Stanford. Also, put JJ Pegas, who was I never name I never touchdown. He caught. Yeah. Converted from tight end to defensive line at Auburn. Played, you, play, play. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Do you remember when he ran the
0: wildcat for the Auburn? Yes.
1: Yes, it was the best. Uh, and now he's at Ole Miss. He played a solo game at, at IDL, at a TFL, and a and a batted ball. Um, and then he did the up to his old trick catching touchdowns. It was great. Everyone was so happy. I loved it. Uh, just one touchdown, one yard, one catch. Great. So I just wanted to give him the shout out. All right. Small school guy, Tajay Spears. Who you got? I went with Carl Brooks, the, the Bowling Green uh, defensive lineman. The program apparently comps him to Reggie White. I don't know. good I, take. I got to put him here then. Uh, he looked pretty good. Like He's like 6'4", 300. He look like Reggie? He looked like Reggie. Six four three hundred. 6'4", 300. Uh, they rush him off the edge a lot. He'd probably be like inside if he gets to the next level. Had to sack. Ten sacks on the year. Productive guy. Some, someone to watch. All
0: right. Finally, we're to our championship week picks. Week 13, I went 2-3, 32-30-2 thir- on the season.
1: I went 3-2. and two. I shouldn't have flipped on that since E2 lane game. Um, Oregon State and Michigan brought me home, though. I'm 29-35-2, but I'm going 11-0 uh, this week. So, Oh, that's impressive. I yeah. didn't actually pick Akron-Buffalo just so clear. <laughs> we don't have to, but it's also not on TV, which I just I respect. It's, is it on ESPN Plus? I don't know. I didn't. I looked on ESPN. No, this, I, they're just making all these kids go there. I think it's not being broadcasted, which is which is appropriate. I think. I mean, it really shows that the Maxion kids love football. Exactly. If you wanna, if you wanna see this game, you better be there. And if you don't, you're not. Period.
0: Speaking of games, I want to see Conference USA Championship. Friday at 8 p.m. on the CBS Sports Network. Couldn't love even put CBS them on has. regular CBS. <laughs> <laughs> North Texas at UTSA. Our Roadrunners quietly got another 10-win yeah. season under Jeff Traylor. Uh, I, I love bowl season because we finally get to talk about schools like this. Definitely yeah. Uh, UTSA, eight-point favorites. North Texas was uh, dealing with the potential firing of Seth Luttrell, but mm-hmm. then he made the Conference USA Championships, so now they can't really fire him. Really weird. Um, don't forget former Yankees pitcher. Austin own is the quarterback <laughs> of North. Texas. I feel like that's not been a talked about enough story this year. Yeah. Nope. And he's still got another year of eligibility. Let's he's already, go. Tw- he's 29 and married, uh, defensive side of the ball. North Texas has a uh, linebacker, Katie Davis, who, yeah. who we enjoy. Uh, our Roadrunners runners have a great pass pass catching group, um, including, uh, Zachary Franklin and, and Joshua Cephas. Um, Frank Harris was quietly, like, if there was a G5 Heisman winner, it might be mm-hmm. him. Uh, I'm going to run with the Rope Runners because no one can stop that passing attack.
1: Oh, uh, UTSA by 100. They're covering easy. This is, uh, this is the biggest blowout of championship week. Seth Luttrell wins this game and then gets fired.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right, correct. Um, Going to the Pac-12 Championship Friday night, uh, 8 p.m. Fox, number 11 Utah against number 4 USC. In Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm -hmm. Trojans three-point favorites in the rematch. Obviously, Utah won on the two-point conversion 43-42 earlier in the season. Does USC win the game, make the playoff, get redemption for the loss?
1: Yes, they do. But as much as I want to believe the Pac-12 bungles this, USC minus three, look, it is in Vegas, and Vegas might be up to their old tricks, but it, it it seems like a very good pick. I... Just the way USC is playing right now, I don't see them dropping this one. Caleb Williams is
0: too damn good. Agree. Utah also had starting running back TV on Thomas. Yeah. Opted out of the rest of the year. Cam rising coming off some questionable performances. Um, I mean, prospect-wise, really fun to get to watch some Clark Phillips, Jordan Addison again, uh, Braden Daniels and your boy Tully going head-to-head a little bit. That that it uh, I'm with you though I I don't think USC fucks this up.
1: It feels like these teams have kind of gone in opposite directions. Like I know Utah's still there, but since since they beat since Utah beat them, yeah. But yeah,
0: yeah. This uh, I don't know. It, it just USC seems too serious. Like they're not one of the Pac-12 teams that would. They're not Oregon, Ex- exactly. MAC championship, the only game that matters to either of us. Noon ESPN on Saturday. Toledo versus Ohio in Detroit, Michigan. The Rockets are two point favorites against the Bobcats, who are without Oakville's finest Curtis Rourke at quarterback, who is out for the season. Jason Candle was kind of on the hot seat, but now is in the MAC championship. His name keeps surfacing for every mediocre. Head coaching opening, um, for some reason. I'm gonna ride the Rockets. Oh, ho, ho. I think Dequan Finn being who, the, the most talented quarterback in the back. Oh, if Ohio had Rourke, I would take Yes, them. I know, uh, I know you would. And, and, and defensively, Toledo's got some, some, some players in Jamal Hines, Dallas Gantt. Um, yeah,
1: I, th- I think this is the toughest pick of the weekend. I'm gonna say that. Um, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep on with the cats. Ohio's gonna win something this year, Rob. I, I think it's I think they're gonna pull through. I know Rourke is out and that hurts, but C.J. Harris didn't look bad against against pulling green last week. ran for three oh. touchdowns. Uh Bangura, the running back is always productive. Um, Sam Sam Dubs? S- Sam Dubs is always scoring baby. Jacoby Jones is fun too. Uh, the the other receiver. I, I I'm gonna stick with the cats. I think they're gonna pull it off. The okay. Team Destiny in the MAC this year.
0: I, I like us taking opposing sides in in, in this, uh, this this of all the championships. I yeah, we're we're gonna agree on the rest, but this is the one that matters. Yeah, the, yeah, this will be the one that breaks breaks our tie. Uh, <laughs> Big Twelve championship, maybe the best of the championship games. I think it's gotta be noon ABC, number ten Kansas State playing number three TCU. In Arlington, Texas... Jerry's World. In Jerry's World, AT&T Stadium. Horn Frogs are two-and-a-half-point favorites. The health of Quentin Johnston is important. Yeah. Um, assuming him and Kendry Miller are healthy... I'm, I'm riding TCU. This is a very Kansas State thing to do would be to win this game. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It'd be bad for the Big 12. Um, I just... I, I, I think... I think I don't think will Howard's gonna be able to to mm, no. to do it I, I think Max duggan froze is he he does a good job giving his receivers a chance downfield he's a very very talented runner yeah defensively I think TCU's got a couple different dogs in each uh at each level we got Dylan Horton on the d line D winners at linebacker um Trivius Hodges Tomlinson in the secondary um so uh, yeah I'm gonna ride the TCU
1: yeah, I'm going to too. I feel like I feel like TCU if they're gonna bungle it, they wouldn't have dropped sixty on Iowa State. You know, like two and a half, I, I think they're gonna cover. I think they're gonna win, obviously. Um yeah, they're playing off. I I'm team of destiny, I'm saying
0: though they'll, they'll beat Michigan, they'll win the Natty. Belt Championship, three thirty PM on ESPN, Coastal Carolina at Troy. Troy winning ten games. In John Sumrall's first season at the helm. Um, Coastal just got blown up by James Madison. They were without Grayson McCall. We don't know if he's playing yet. Coastal's 10.5 point dogs at Troy. I feel like this this whole line rides on Grayson McCall. Yeah. If
1: McCall plays, I'll take Coastal plus the points. I mean, I don't know what the line would fall at if McCall's in. But if he's
0: in, I'm taking Coastal to win outright. if not, I'm taking Troy to cover. It's a, it's a really fun game because Troy's a really good defensive team. Uh, they've got the all-time tackling leader in Carlton Marshall, yeah, baby. Uh, and and, and Coastal obviously runs the the spread option, and it's it's a blast the way the way uh, Jimmy Chadwell runs that thing. But Grayson McCall is the key. I'm gonna go with Coastal. I don't like. We have to pick one or the other, regardless of what's yeah. happening. I'm gonna lean on. It. I I it just feels wrong for me. to... Pick Against the shots, what would you have a lot of points?
1: 10 and a half is a lot of points. I thought I saw it smaller, so but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say with Troy, no Troy, team of destiny in the Sun Belt this year. Uh, if McCall was in, it'd be different, but no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Trojans. Uh, SEC
0: championship 4 p.m. CBS, the game that don't matter <laughs> until LSU wins it. Uh, number 14 LSU against number one Georgia in Atlanta at the Superdome. Who you got? Uh, oh, sorry. Georgia's 17 and a half point favorite. Yeah, I got Georgia. I got Georgia. I got Georgia. I don't know. How much do we need to say? Let's move on. To the real game. To the real game. The Mountain West Championship. <laughs> Low-key good. 4 p.m. Fox. Yeah. Two teams at points, different points this season, looked like they were tripping up. Yeah, and for And now real. they're both... Yeah. The Mountain West, kind of a down year. Uh, but both these teams rebounded... Uh, we got uh, Fresno State at Boise State. I, I, am not. I'm not gonna pick against Boise State at home. No, this surface is different. I love Jake Hanner, difference. but yeah. yeah, minus three. Give Give me the Broncos. Buck up. Uh, J- Jake Hanner is literally like Fre- when he got hurt. It looked like Fresno State's season was over. He came back. He's he's that's my dude. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's also worth mentioning Boise State quarterback Taylor Green, who took over for Frank- Hank Bachmeyer, is a fr- 6'6 freak athlete. We had like a 90-yard touchdown run this past week and just won freshman of the year in the Mountain West. Stop. Really fun player. This is going to be a fun game, I think. Matching Jay uh, Kaner
1: went to Washington. I know that's so random, but... He would have put up numbers. He would have won the Heisman. <laughs>
0: um, 4 p.m. ABC AAC Championship. A rematch with number 22 UCF at number... 18-2 lane. The Green Wave seeking revenge for their loss. Uh, Green Wave 3.5-point favorites at home. I've ridden the Green Wave all season. Yeah. I'm not stopping now. Yeah, I can't
1: believe I got off them last week. That was embarrassing for me. Um, they're not losing again in, 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 in New Orleans, baby. Go
0: Green Wave. Um, the ACC championship, which at one, like three weeks ago, looked like winner would make the playoff. Now there's no way either <laughs> team makes the playoff. Uh, number the APM ABC number nine Clemson against number 23, North Carolina in Charlotte, um, North Carolina, seven and a half point dogs to Clemson. But I, I, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the, the Tar Heels. I feel like, I feel like either way, like you feel bad making the pick. I, like, it's so true. It's so true. DJ Uiungulule looked terrible this past week again. You know. Uh But obviously, North Carolina choked against NC State after choking against Georgia Tech. I don't. I don't know. It's it's gonna be fun in terms of seeing Drake May against this Clemson front.
1: Ex- exactly. But yeah. I and guess that,
0: that's why why you watch.
1: I'm gonna take you know six good Clemson f- players, seven whatever the fuck they got there. Against just Drake May and Downs, you know, and uh, so I'm gonna take Clemson minus the points. Just that the supporting cast isn't enough, and the UNC defense isn't good.
0: Um, Yeah, that's it. You're you're already pretending uh, Drake May is bad. Like you think Justin Herbert's bad? Yeah, yeah, I definitely
1: thought Justin. Call him a social media quarterback. Uh, Yeah,
0: well, that's true, but that doesn't mean he's bad. All right, (laughs) the only game that matters. The Big Ten Championship, 8 p.m. Fox. Purdue made it. Yeah, baby. Iowa in the biggest choke of the century, lost to Nebraska to to miss out on the Big Ten Championship. Iowa took which,
1: one one for the conference. I'm like, so give, happy. Give them that. the do. Yeah, they did.
0: Purdue versus number two Michigan at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indy. Wolverines sixteen and a half point favorites. Michigan's gonna cover. I don't like. Yeah, whatever. I, uh, but the reason to watch is. Aiden, Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones uh on on Purdue's offense. Defensively, um your guy Corey Trice is a fun fun player at corner for, for the Boilermakers. Uh I don't know. Sick.
1: Um <laughs> I'll take Michigan to cover. Go blue. You know baby.
0: Fun? It's fun is like Purdue's probably gonna throw the ball sixty times. Michigan yeah. will run it sixty times. Yeah. Charlie Jones will like Purdue's gonna lose by fifty. Charlie Jones will have Three hundred receiving yards, though. Probably, yeah. I'm
1: sure. I bet you O'Connell and and, and Jones have a good game. I th- I think they will. It just. But but like, still lose by
0: like th- four touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I bet. Uh, my prediction is this game will be close in the first half, and Michigan will blow in the second half in cover. My yeah, that's a good that's a good bet. I think
0: this is gonna be a big like Charlie Jones moment game, which is what we've all been waiting for. Okay. I mean, it does feel right that, like, Iowa choked it away. Iowa yes, had Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones is like a Blitnikoff finalist once he got out of that hellish mm-hmm. program. Exactly. It, and got with your guy Jeff Braum and West Lafayette. Mm-hmm. My other guy,
1: Aiden O'Connell. This is... See, I, I would rather see Michigan beat down Iowa again, but I'm just happy to see my, my Boilermakers there. It is... It is it's uh, it's going to be a lot of Purdue fans in
0: the crowd there. It's a close trip. <laughs> and then, that's all she wrote. Can't wait till uh, Championship Weekend.